This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come warm yourself by the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. The technical producer is Carlos Cagina. The live stream producer is Ryan White, and we are... Live streaming on our YouTube channel, Strange Planet. And in a few days, you can also find this program on our Rumble channel, Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. For the next two hours, writer-researcher Ilana Freeland will delve into how geoengineering has been used for decades to control the ionosphere with phased array heater blasts so as to maintain an ionized atmosphere in which chemicals Nanotechnology and synergies can be continuously laid by jets, drones, and rockets in the name of climate change. Thus, the groundwork for the Synbio or Synthetic Biology Neural Network inside Human 1.0 began by manipulating the macro environment upon which our extraordinary interior micro environment depends The air we breathe, the soil we grow, our food in, the water we must replenish, all have been commandeered by biotech and big pharma for human 2.0, transhumanism. Pretty heady stuff, right? Ilana Freeland is a writer, ghostwriter, teacher, and lecturer who researches, researches and writes on deep state issues like geoengineering, MKUltra, ritual abuse, targeting and invasive electromagnetic weapons. She's best known for her Under an Ionized Sky, From Chemtrails to uh, Space Fence Lockdown, published by Feral House in February 2018, and Chemtrails, Harp and the Full Spectrum Dominance of Planet Earth from 2014. And now comes the third and latest in the trilogy, Geoengineered Transhumanism, How the Environment has been weaponized by chemicals, electromagnetism, and nanotechnology for synthetic biology. Elana Freeland, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Oh, good to be here, Richard. It's been a long time. It has. 
And uh, I guess the uh, this book has been a kind of a, a long time in coming, weighing in at nearly 700 pages. <laughs> and uh, I understand, you know, you, you, you've been working on this for two and a half, three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I would imagine when you're writing about technology, uh, much of it invisible, that every day, you know, the, 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 the pace of change, technological change, is so, it's like a quickening, that every day is practically a new chapter. It must be hard to keep on top of it. Was that the reason it took so long to, to get this one finished? Yes. I mean, it took two and a half years. And as you know, we hit the Wuhan moment about almost two years ago now. And that... Uh, that made a big difference because I knew that from the Under an Ionized Sky book that synthetic biology was definitely involved. You know, remember Clifford Carnicum, the independent scientist who discovered Morgellons, uh, it, these little uh, filaments in the chemical trails over northern New Mexico uh, back in the 90s. So, uh, Erythrocytes have been coming down, uh, red blood cells, uh, all sorts of goo and, uh, and strange uh, fibers that are getting caught in trees. And when people pick them up, uh, they have a, a, a reaction from the acidity in them. So uh, I knew that uh, there were a lot of experiments being run through the chemical trails. I mean, that's really where I started, Richard, was the chemical trails. And um, and by the time I got through Under an Ionized Sky, I had de- developed a real uh, interest and uh, anxiety, you might say, regarding nanotechnology. And, uh, of course, <clears throat> in this book, I go deeply into the biologicals, which are all synthetic biology, really, now that they have the nanotechnology. And of course, I too, as many people, would just be uh, hunkered over my computer, uh, seeing what the latest news was of the day as one after another breaking news regarding uh, the inoculations going on, uh, the various uh, struggles that people were having with their governments. And uh, and so it's I had to really listen to all those doctors that were coming forward and uh, weigh things. I had not done biology since my undergraduate degrees, uh, but this biology is by far extremely different from what I studied because biology now is moving from molecular biology to digital biology. And what that means is uh, transmission of disease can now happen electromagnetically and chemically. So, uh, so very, very important stuff. And I wanted to tie together how the geoengineering, which you know, in the newspapers or on uh, mainstream media, you get the idea that it just has to do with climate change. It just has to do with global warming, both of which are pretty much cover stories. Uh, but it really is much more than than weather. Or climate, and so uh, that's what uh, the Wuhan moment did for me, because as soon as I saw the footage from China uh, at that time of people dropping to the ground, 
I immediately recognized what was happening, and uh, and then I began uh, with a vengeance to really write. And I don't know if you know this from my last time on your show, but I handwrite everything first. Uh, I'm a student of Rudolf Steiner, and um, and I feel I do not want a machine between me and the writing, so I do it by hand first, and then I. Then I put it into my hard drive and edit as I go. So it's a long, laborious process, but therefore I'm really engaged in it. It's not simply my intellect. It's uh, it's much more of the human um, process of coming to concepts through percepts and, and what you see as patterns in relationships, for example, between the chemicals coming down on us from the sky and the chemicals now being inoculated into people. So, uh, it, you know, it's a process. And um, I, I, you know, a writer has that moment when they go, gosh, is this book done? <laughs> As I'm like, uh, cutting two chapters out because I realize I'm getting way too much, but it was a big topic. And I really wanted to prepare people for these days that are coming and are here now uh, with a sort of a primer on technology, the technology that the mil military calls dual use. And what that means is it can be used for military warfare and it can be used for uh, civilian convenience and comfort and um, medicine. So uh, I think I think this is a book that people will find is a very valuable handbook uh, in which they can look up just about anything, and they can also study uh, various uh, parts of how it's all been networked, as you so as as you said in the introduction. It right. is a neural network that we're looking at. Right. These, yeah, they're 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 like science books for for lay people, and you don't get any more lay than than me. Uh, I mean, I I struggled with grade ten chemistry, um, but let, let's talk about let's define some terms here. First of all, uh, you you use the term I think technocrats. Uh, you know, we often we talk about oh you know they they are doing this. Uh, they are uh, you know we are at war. Uh, it's you know them versus us, mm -hmm. and so the the they here we're talking about um, are the technocrats. In terms of their technological uh, advancement, how far ahead of the rest of us useless eaters, let's say, are they? Oh, uh, do you want to register it in sense of time? Sure. Sure, fifty years. Fifty years. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. They're they're yeah. way ahead. They're way ahead, and and I'm not saying that I understand all of it. Uh, I I pretty much concentrated on what we would daily see, or we might we might end up in a smart city, for example. Uh, and so, what is a smart city? What makes it smart, and what does that really mean? Well, it really means it's armed, and and it is something that the residents are plugged into in every way you can possibly imagine, from the nanosensors that are, uh, are in the pavement and in the walls and in the air and in your body, uh, to uh, much more uh, developed things such as what the uh, inoculated are now undergoing as gene therapy. So um, you ask who the technocrats are. These are the people who will control, who, who do control 
the smart city who do control the uh, 60 gigahertz in the wall, uh, the Internet of Things, the 5G, 6G networks that are already up and going. Um, these are the people that are, uh, are very much in tune with the demands of what I call the global elite. And these would be the families, the dynastic families, uh, corporate families that we have had for centuries, who pretty much run, uh, well, just about everything on planet Earth, as far as I can figure out. Uh, and and so the technocracy coral in, in cahoots with the global elite how much can remain human if they have decided that the human being, as it is now, the 1.0 human being, is uh, inferior in some way, and they want to enhance it? So they have the uh, they had we had the Human Genome Project, we've had the Brain Initiative, we've had many programs that have gobbled up lots of taxpayer money. Uh, not just for the sake of knowledge, not just to help people heal and, uh, you know, give people uh, a second chance in life. It's much more about weaponizing it all and utilizing for the sake of power. And that's how I see technocrats. Uh, right. There are the bureaucrats who are the ones who are just the uh, the sort of pencil pushers who are making the daily decisions and make the stands in communities and uh, and in cities and things. But the technocrats are definitely rooted in the energy uh, uh, industry and uh, the utility industry, the media industry. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we are really now ensconced, held in, uh, what I, in the second book, called the Space Fence Lockdown. And this is the Space Fence Lockdown. Lockheed Martin runs the Space Fence, and that's above the planet and on the planet and all between. It has to do with the ionized sky that we now have that's, uh, that's battery-ready, is loaded with energy all the time for wireless operations, whether it's a military targeting or if it's, uh, it's some sort of communications for climate change conferences of 25,000 people. So, so we, we, are in, we are already plugged in. This is not a future tense deal here. But I think what, um, what I wanted to clarify for people in the book very strongly is that the, the, the biggest unknown here is really not the genetics so much as the nanotechnology. And that's uh, that's what I really uh, try to concentrate right. on. Right. I mean, when we when we talk about the technology and how far they are ahead of us, I mean, there is the technology that that they they give to us uh, our 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 smartphones and our television sets, our, our HD plasma TV sets, uh, which sort of pacify us, uh, but also are are intended to destroy our discernment. Yes. Uh, so how I mean, how do we can we can we regain our discernment and still keep our toys? <laughs> oh, that's so childlike of you to ask. Um, <laughs> um, well, uh, n not exactly. I think I think what I'm asking people to do is what I myself do. I mean, I, I don't ask people to do things I'm not doing. Uh, I, I try to live an ethical life. Um, 
And I think everybody has to look at their technology and say, what do I really need? Because we already know now, this is not news, whereas 10 years ago it was considered a conspiracy theory to even hint at the possibility that wireless technology was uh, leading to cancer and uh, destroying people's immune systems and things like that. Now, now we, we know that. There are plenty, plenty of studies uh, if people go and look at them. But if, if we're talking about keeping all our toys, uh, I, I don't think so. I think, uh, I think we need to really look at the possibility of living as minimally as we can, given that, you know, we all have different lifestyles. We all have different needs, our different jobs, different, different, we have children, we have, you know, old people that we need to be in touch with, that sort of thing. Uh, but if you really examine the technologies, which most people don't, most people just get them, buy them on faith and, and then wonder why their health is not very good and why they're tired all the time and why their hair is falling out and they have skin uh, rashes. Uh, you know, we need to really study the technology. We can't just wait for the experts to tell us the truth because a lot of those experts are paid by corporations. And yeah, it's about profit and power, but there's more to it than just profit and power. It's, there's also this idea of, of really making a mark in history to absolutely change the human being of the future. And right. that's what's going on. Right. You talked about sort of this uh, this upgrade from human 1.0 to human 2.0. But really, isn't it kind of a devolution? Because it seems to me, based on, you know, your writing and, and, and others, that what, what they aim to do is to strip us of what makes us most human, and that is our, our spirit. And, and that's what's really in the bargain here, right? That, that this upgrade from the software upgrade from 1.0 to 2.0 means getting what it, rid of one very important app and that's our spirit. Oh, you are you're rare Richard to realize that uh, a lot of people just sort of um, pass on that idea of spirit and I really don't know why because uh, my hope is that by all of this going on now in which to tell you the truth uh, the inoculation is definitely um, the various uh, jabs that are going on are about uh, implanting software for a remote control over uh, this person. And that would be through the graphene oxide, that would be through the hydrogel, that would be uh, through the quantum dot technology. And, um, and these people are, their genes are being changed. And um, I don't know if it's this jab or that jab, or I don't, I don't know, I don't have access to that information, but I know that um, these are the transhumans. And we are now living in the era of uh, the transhuman. So we've seen some of it. You know, when you get a titanium hip or uh, you, you know, you have some sort of um, uh, a heart uh, 
transplant or or any of these this is all about the changing of that particular human being uh the body that this human being is living in and into something other so um yeah it's already begun uh but it's uh, it's sort of moving into the fast lane right now and i think i think that's how i that's certainly how i look at it that the lockdown and all the rest of the political uh jockeying going on now uh is is in part due to buying time to get as mon- many inoculated as possible for this massive experiment in transhumanism uh and i i i you know your idea of the spirit remember uh early on in the revelations that were coming out on the internet regarding this huge uh thing that has overtaken us in the last 2 years uh the first doctors i heard quote rudolf steiner were uh were dr tom cowan and uh dr dietrich klinghart and both of them referenced steiner at the very beginning of the part that i saw them say in when 100 years ago steiner said that there would come a day when a vaccination would be created that if people took it they would no longer think of spiritual things and i'm sorry to say that i think we're there and um and materialism has certainly done its share of how few people realize uh the human soul the human spirit the uh the idea that we are an evolving species not in the sense of darwinian particularly but in something more uh more finer finer and uh and having to do with those virtues that you're alluding to as the human spirit so i think we definitely have uh for me anyway i decided a few several years ago as i learned more and more about geoengineering through the other books i wrote i realized that this was a crisis and as the chinese say the word the characters for crisis are are danger and opportunity so uh i have been pursuing the defense of humanity uh and clarifying to people what being human really means it's not about having a head and a torso and two arms and legs it's right. it's really a quality and when these some of these um these uh, 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 elena pardon the interruption but i've got yeah. a uh, i've got to take a time out here we'll come and pick this up on the other uh, side all right uh, elena freeland writer researcher the author of geoengineered transhumanism how the environment has been weaponized by chemicals electromagnetism and nanotechnology for synthetic biology more of our conversation right after these providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions this is the conspiracy show with richard sarrant on zoomer radio elena freeland stays with us her latest coming in at nearly 700 pages geoengineered transhumanism how the environment has been weaponized by chemicals electromagnetic electromagnetism and nanotechnology for synthetic biology and um you you talk about how um you sort of lay the groundwork in the first part about the electromagnetic chemical nanotechnological technological sort of structure that has been uh you know laid down through geoengineering 
and how we are now inhaling and ingesting nanoparticles uh, on this on this road to uh, create human 2.0. Um, so let's talk about specifically. I mean, when we talk about ge- geoengineering, they're they're obviously doing a lot more than just spraying, you know, uh, aluminum particulates and barium and strontium. What what other uh, nanoparticles um, are we inhaling and ingesting? Well, the way I set it up uh, in the first part of the book, in order to be clear about the role of geoengineering, I mean, it really is. Uh, the secret, it, it all goes back to the secret space program. And um, I remember when Catherine Austin Fitz first started talking about it regarding the missing, I think it was $21 trillion that she was looking for, that she posited possibly went into the secret space program. And, and I remember um, how so many things in that, secret space program. Now, that's that's back to Kennedy where we're talking here, when it really sort of went black, as as they say, in intelligence agencies. And uh, and the the idea during the uh, the Reagan era, the Reagan, uh, Bush and Cheney era of the 80s was when we had the SDI program, uh, the Strategic Defense Initiative. And um, and that's important because that's what we called the Star Wars program. And that was that was really the beginning of of the part that I'm talking about. Uh, and that that uh, was it, crucial to understanding how it how it kind of disappeared at the end of the Reagan era and then uh, in came Clinton and uh, and you know it just sort of uh, went black uh, what can I say but by the time that they had the uh, the ionospheric heaters ready especially uh, the new one up in Gakona Alaska the HARP the high frequency active rural research project uh, then they were able to uh, to bounce uh, through phased array antennas, acres of phased array antennas to bounce a signal up to the ionosphere, penetrate it, and really pull uh, ions down into our atmosphere so that this atmosphere became like a, like a battery or an antenna. And, um, and that's really important to this because all they needed was to connect uh, us to uh, the electromagnetic uh, n- network they had set up that we often called the, uh, you know, the uh, smart uh, uh, network. And um, that was the nanotech. Uh, and the nanotech was f- uh, founded in 1990, in a sense. Uh, and um, it was all very quietly done. And you knew that, you know, when you look back at the history of, of the fact that it, nothing was mentioned in Congress until 2002 about nanotechnology, um, but before that, the military certainly knew about it. Uh, the actual uh, inventor of it, uh, Eric Drexel, uh, had been uh, back in the, um, in the 70s. So, uh, so the nanoparticle... Let's you know. Let's take a look at that. But uh, first, let me let me just fill in a little bit here. The 
the geoengineering part has to do with three delivery systems. The first delivery system is in the chemicals and the trails up above us, the jets, rockets, and drones. Uh, the second delivery system has to do with GMO foods, genetically modified foods, which I don't know why people are eating them. I mean, I, I know I'm eating them out in restaurants, but I certainly have eaten organic for about 50 years now, and I make a big effort to do that uh, because the seed in uh, GMOs is uh, not re not nature it's not natural it's synthetic so uh and then the third delivery system is of course the vaccinations so uh, those three things are part of the correlation between what's being laid above us uh for military industrial intelligence objectives yes but they are also experimenting with things far into the future and and they always have the secret space program on their minds because imagine how are we going to get beyond the Van Allen belts? Human beings are not able to handle much radiation at all. But now we are constantly surrounded by radiation, either ionized or non-ionized. And maybe people think that's just, well, you know, gee, that just happens to be true because the military has certain objectives, blah, blah, blah. No, I think that the radiation that we are now experiencing, and I'm reading about gamma rays up in northern Canada. Yeah, gamma rays right down on the ground. Uh, I think that it's being purposely done to make us um, perhaps evolve, perhaps to weed out the, the, uh, the weak, perhaps to enrich the coffers of the medical industry, uh, however you want to look at it. Uh, but all of these things that are in that first section of the book are all about that they're being intentionally done with the idea of transforming the human being into 2.0 and something space-worthy, space-travel-worthy that can actually go into space. And so, you know, um, take, for example, uh, and it's not a pleasant subject, but uh, you think of the uh, autism and the, the skyrocketing rate of autism in children, particularly in boys, uh, where I think it's now one in six boys um, are autistic, uh, at least on right. the spectrum. Or, yeah, somewhere on the spectrum, right. Somewhere on the spectrum. And um, could this be purposeful? Uh, is it, it certainly would be easier for an AI system to control an autistic personality than a truly human uh, in all faculties and all brain development uh, right. capacity. But do you, do you see this really as the, the motive here to to prepare humanity to become space faring, a space-faring civilization, or is it more about control, enslavement, and destroying our humanity? Well... Let's let's cover the first one first because I I'm not a, a a proponent of either or I'm a proponent of both and uh, I think the West Westerners get in a lot of trouble when they do an either or uh, because there's usually much more to it and in the case of um, 
Yeah, going to space. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, very much on the minds of uh, not just astrophysicists and NASA and NOAA, but uh, I think a lot of uh, a lot of the military industrial intelligence complex. I think a, a lot. I think Google is completely involved in it. The Singularity Movement is completely involved in it. Uh, the uh, you know the the data they're picking up to make computers grow uh, is completely like Facebook, you know, all the social media, uh, bringing this, getting them to crunch a lot of data and, uh, and constantly getting AI systems to evolve, evolve, evolve so that, um, yeah, the Nikolai, Nikolai Kardashev's three phases of technological development. He was the, uh, Soviet astronomer in the cold war. And he said that there were three phases to space, uh, to, uh, a, a real civilization, a successful civilization. Those are full-spectrum dominance over the planet, uh, control over the star, or over our star, our sun. And that has already begun. A lot's going on with the sun, and people think I'm crazy to say that. But I'm telling you, the sun is plasma, and a lot of plasma experiments are going on with the sun. And then the third phase is control over the galaxy. Uh, so we can say, you know, wow, these guys are just loaded with hubris. These guys think they're masters of the universe. But I think that is uh, very much uh, in the agenda. And then regarding the satanic elements who are also involved in all of this, they would match your second idea, which is a, a really, truly anti-human thrust, uh, because the human being, if we can just make humans into machines, then we might like them. Uh, but as they are, they are so fragile, they are so vulnerable, they cry and carry on. Uh, you know, these, the, the, that element uh, definitely is anti-human. And I would even posit that I'm not sure these people are human anymore because if you abandon your humanity in the sense of its virtues and its beauty and its truth and goodness that are completely possible if, if given enough time and free will and a healthy society around the human being, uh, you know, that the, these things are... Uh, I, are, are are extraordinarily important, and uh, we would we would ha have a chance at this. But we're constantly barraged by the power politics that most people attribute to the love of money and uh, and and love of telling others what to do. And I think those are true. But the anti-human part leads them to develop a vacuum in their souls, if indeed they still have a soul, uh, they, that they, you know, nature abhors a vacuum. And so uh, entities can come in and live in these people that have two arms and two legs, and you think they're human. But I'm really not sure that some of these people are human anymore. And yet, I'm not going to sit around and waste too much time on thinking about this. Right, I want I've got to jump in here, uh, Atlanta. Pardon the interruption. We're going to take a quick time out, come back, and uh, continue our conversation. Ilana Freeland stays with us. Geoengineered transhumanism right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. 
Elena Freeland stays with us. This is a short segment, about six minutes, uh, Elena. I want to begin the discussion uh, or drill down a little bit more into uh, nanotechnology. And you mentioned Drexel in the 1970s, this idea of, uh, you know, a nano is like a, a millionth of a meter. A billionth of a meter. A millionth. Yeah, a millionth of a meter. A billionth. A billionth. My apologies. A billionth? <laughs> wow. Okay, a I mean, billionth. You could get hold of that, right? I can't wrap my head around that. I can barely wrap my head around a million. But so a billionth of a meter. And so you, you line up uh, like these atoms side mm -hmm. by side. And these are like the building blocks of our reality, of a dimension, right? So you're, you're creating the building blocks of, of a dimension. And we have we, – we think in terms of our four dimensions and how many – dimensions their theoretical physicists is talking about now a couple dozen at least yeah like i think it was 20 something right so i mean th this is this is it, uh we can't even comprehend this you call this like the quantum world mm -hmm. so if we if we if we can't if we can't see it we can't i mean how are we to to comprehend it how are, are we to root it out uh and deal with this if, if, if it's invisible to us. Well, I mean, but th think about it. We're also dealing with the invisibility of the uh, electromagnetic waves. Uh, we can't see them either. But we are finally beginning after, what, how many years now? 15, 20 years. We're finally beginning to uh, understand the behavior of those waves and how it interacts with uh, the human body and brain. We're finally beginning to, and not just believing the, uh, the stories told to us by those making money from selling uh, this technology to people. So uh, that, it's the same thing with the nanotechnology. It's just that uh, it's more recent. Uh, we didn't know it existed. There certainly has always, have, have always been nanoparticles. I mean, nanoparticles are everywhere in nature. Right. Uh, it's just a size thing. But when you start uh, manufacturing uh, a technology by laying atoms next to atoms next to atoms, now you're in the atomic level. And the last time we talked about atomic uh, levels of experimentation, that was the Manhattan Project. And we know what came out of that. So uh, this is similar in that uh, they seem very innocuous, they're tiny. We tend to think tiny means don't worry about it. Uh, not really true anymore. Uh, so uh, what, what one thing that helped me a lot was that I can see them, I can see nanotechnology if they're swarming. And they do swarm because the, uh, the ones that are created, they swarm together. And they operate as a as a phalanx, as a as a one unit sort of group soul. Sounds uh, like they have consciousness. It sounds like they have a consciousness. That's exactly what I'm going to say because um, the consciousness they have, being close to the quantum realms. I, I know a lot of people don't know much about quantum physics, and I, and I don't know that much either. I'm learning. Uh, but one thing I do know is that if you're in the atomic level, uh, you are very near the uh, quantum dimensions of, we don't know how many there are, but there are many. Uh, and so by being that near to it with these little nano 
technology, uh, nanobots, uh, nanosensors, uh, uh, even virus and, um, and bacteria, and Morgellons. These are all nano uh, level. And, of course, uh, some of them are created by the human being. Some of them are in nature. But they swarm. And um, the first time I saw that, I often refer to this because it was in a, um, it was in a drone clip from the uh, fires in California. And I was watching the Paradise, uh, California fire footage. And um, I noticed that uh, on the ground, it was dark, it was night. Uh, I noticed a, 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 a tremendous uh, cloud of, uh, of what I thought were embers. And the embers were uh, very much uh, lit up, and they were heading in a certain direction. And it seemed to me that uh, I thought it was the wind that was blowing them at first. But uh, I, sudden, I realized as I watched them that they were, uh, they were very purposeful. And it was moving more like an army, like, uh, like a Roman army. And um, and then I realized, my gosh, I, I'm looking at nanotechnology that's being remotely controlled by someone somewhere. Uh, and they were crawling up the walls of the houses that were to be burned. And then they once they got the fire ignited, then they would move on. And sometimes they would skip uh, a house or two and go to another one that had been slated to be destroyed and they would crawl up that wall and start that fire. So uh, that was the first time I really saw, oh, so you can see nanotechnology if it's swarming. And that's the swarming, yes, it was being directed uh, by uh, someone on a monitor somewhere is how I would I see it. Uh, but, uh, but does it have its own consciousness? Oh, yes, it does. It has a swarm consciousness. And so in our bodies, what's going on? And, uh, and then we come to the problem of uh, the 5G, 6G systems that are, are, are terrific at penetrating with the 6G, at uh, leapfrog, leapfrogging with the 5G, and going long distances to uh, make the nanotechnology in our bodies do what uh, what the programming says it will do. On That's that point, really we'll how pick it up, works. Okay, we'll pick up on that point on the other side with Ilana Freeland. Stay with us here right on the, uh, right on the, the uh, Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't... The owners of the system are asleep. Now we can play The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Elena Freeland will stay with us for the full two hours. So get your questions and comments ready and uh, we will uh, take those in the second hour. So we were talking about 5G and 6G and how uh, they... Uh, how 5G or 6G acts upon the the nanobots in our bodies. Um, so, what is it doing? Is it hijacking our our biological processes in the processes in the body? Yes, uh, it's. If we go back to Morgellons for a moment, and um, I talk about Morgellons in two sections of the book: one under uh, what's coming down from the sky 
talking about the work of Clifford Carnicum. Uh, and then I talk about it again under in the chapter on nanotechnology because, of course, the Margellans was a real precursor to what is now in the inoculations. And we're slowly beginning to see that uh, from day to day. Uh, so um, it has been admitted that these inoculations have nanotechnology in them. Uh, I think they call them nanoparticles. Uh, and, um, it, you know, it's hard for people to grasp uh, that uh, something so tiny could be so powerful. Uh, but in the sense of um, of how it works in our body, the Morgellons gave us the clearest uh, f forecast uh, in that it was, uh, according to Clifford Carnicum's work, which remember Richard, it was he was he was very purposely um, uh, kept in outer darkness of the public eye. Uh, in order to, while they were developing this technology that Morgellons was a precursor of, uh, he he recognized that the polymer sheath of the Morgellons fibers, and we we heard about this recently, which appeared to me to be Morgellons, but I, given that I don't have a microscope and can't look at it, uh, the the ones seen in the masks that people were wearing. And the ones also found in the PCR swabs uh, look very much like the Morgellons sheath. And inside that sheath are uh, four parts that um, Clifford Carnicum uh, identified and uh, experimented on in, in Petri dishes in solution. And uh, so uh, we, we begin there to make a network in the body is really what the Morgellons does when it really takes off in certain people. Now, we all have breathed it in. There is no question. We all breathe the same air, and uh, you, don't, you don't have a national boundary on air. Uh, and, um, and so, but many of us do not get the lesions and, and the suffering that uh, many people have died of Morgellons before the CDC uh, even began to recognize it, and the CDC even limits its uh, what it says about it, that it's a skin ailment. And it's not a skin ailment, it's a blood ailment. So all of this uh, information coming out now about the blood and the heart, etc., this is all very, very uh, important information, which will point at what is causing this to happen. So uh, the network in us, the neural network that uh, Elon Musk talked about with his Neuralink, right. uh, this neural network is in us from all of the uh, nano sensors, the nano bots, the nano everything that we have, uh, we have breathed in over the last two decades. And uh, and that's that's being uh, very conservative. It could have been longer. So you're uh, talking about a, a a brain computer. Neuralink is like a brain computer interface. So yes. w what computer is are our brains about to be interfaced with? Well, I think I I believe we're all plugged in already to AI systems. Uh, we don't know because we're so media saturated. Uh, and, um, you know, most people don't really perceive reality anymore. 
as something natural and a natural process in their lives. Uh, but they, they, they get it through the media of what to believe it is. And, um, and for our inside, just picture that these, these uh, nanoparticles, are, say they're programmed to, the first thing they do when they get inside you is they pretty much go to where they were programmed to go to, whether it's the heart or the brain or uh, the pancreas or wherever wherever their masters have uh, decided they will go, they will go there because each organ has its own frequency. And those frequencies are very well known. Uh, and, uh, and so that they can lay it out like a grid inside, just like you'd lay out a grid uh, of, uh, you know, Wi-Fi uh, over a certain terrain. Uh, so this is all laid out inside, and um, and then then the programming um, it kicks in for whatever you you know. You, meanwhile, you're, the uh, people at a distance are also examining where you live, what uh, what kind of uh, electromagnetics are in your apartment building, your home, your neighborhood, uh, what your smart meter readings are. Uh, all of your cell phone uh, activity, of course, is being monitored and uh, and the data collected. So uh, that's what I mean by we're all plugged in. It's not like we can float free here. We can't. Right. So this the, the brain computer interface that that can control biological processes mm -hmm. uh, can it likewise control thoughts and emotions and behaviors oh yes again we're in the realm of frequencies and um and the other thing is that all of these frequencies because we're resonant beings uh it, which is a, a wonderful thing about us but on the other hand as the chinese say the bigger the front the bigger the back the back of being a resonant being is that uh if these signals are pulsed to us <clears throat> then our, our entire uh, our entire frequency can be changed. So that's that's what I think happens when uh, an entire town sort of has a mood. I don't know if you've noticed that in Toronto, but I definitely have noticed it where I live, uh, where um, there's sort of a mood of uh, animosity between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. Uh, between those who do what the government says and those who don't. So these things can be influenced, and not just by some remote signal from some guy sitting on his laptop in Colorado, but by your television set. Do you th really think that the HD screens and all of that sophisticated uh, uh, visuals and audio is simply for movies? No, it's to pick up on everything in the environment. It's weaponized. Every technology we have is weaponized. If you think about it, we've gotten all these technologies from the military. I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer, but because it's not emphasized in the media, nobody really thinks about that anymore. They just think, oh, this is great. This is convenient, and I can watch a lot of movies, and I'm getting fast downloads, and, and all of that stuff that really has nothing to do with the weaponizing that is being utilized 
to gather as much data from human beings and do the behavioral, uh, you know, the uh, re reaction response, the B.F. Skinner stuff to see how people are behaving around the technology that is activated and uh, collecting data. So, uh, you know, this is this is our life now. This is not I mean, I think I may have said that, you know, I limit my technology uh, because I am, uh, well, I know a lot about it, uh, and I want to have a human life. So uh, I'm very cautious regarding that. But can I prevent it? It's kind of like trying to run a car with no gas. I, of course I can't. Uh, I have to, it's a constant compromise with the era we live in. And, and, and it's not a matter of being a purist or a, or a, or a Luddite. It's a matter of, of having knowledge of what it is gleaning from you. I see, I think that all the people who've been targeted over the last, uh, I'd say, four decades, five decades since MKUltra, uh, are targeted in their homes, in their workplaces, uh, followed, gang-stalked, uh, gaslighted, um, microwaved, all of it. I think that now that's everybody now. Right. I was going to, that was actually my next question. Um, yeah. We're rolling into the top of the hour, Ilana. When, we'll when we come back, we'll uh, talk about that some more. In fact, were these, um, and, and I hear from people who believe that they are targeted individuals. Uh, every week, I'll get at least an email or a, a, a text or a voicemail from someone yes. who is, uh, who believes they are being targeted. Where, and, and the question has always been, you know, what, what, are they, are they the subject of some grand experiment? Uh, is someone trying to drive them crazy because uh, because of yeah, what they know? But they're yeah, well, they're experiments, uh, yeah, but well, not a grand one. There are a lot of thousands and thousands of experiments being run by the military-industrial intelligence complex, and uh, and I would say uh, conservatively in the United States alone, there are a million and a half people being targeted every day, every hour of their lives. All right, we'll take a time out. Uh, top of the hour is here. Back with more of Ilana Freeland, and uh, we'll continue to delve into geoengineered transhumanism, plus your questions and comments. Stay with us. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. Hey, thanks for inviting me into your home. Long haul truck, RV, camper, taxi. 
your parents' well-appointed basement with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. And hello to everyone listening in on our flagship station, AM 740, 96.7 FM, Zoomer Radio here in Toronto. Hi to those of you tuning in on one of our affiliates across North America, and hey there to those of you streaming us live at zoomerradio.ca or on the Zoomer Radio app, and uh, howdy to those of you streaming us on the YouTube channel Strange Planet and the Rumble channel Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Uh, incidentally, you can also find uh, previous episodes of this program at talkzone.com, talkzone.com. Uh, and last but not least, uh, hi to those of you who've gathered once again in the live stream chat. However and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes, and I thank you for your fine company. Writer-researcher Alina Fran- Freeland stays with us as we continue to discuss geoengineering and transhumanism. Her new book, the third in her trilogy uh, on the subject is Geoengineered Transhumanism, How the Environment Has Been Weaponized by Chemicals, Electromagnetics, and Nanotechnology for Synthetic Biology. And if you're in the YouTube live chat and you have a question, uh, just use that prefix strange planet. That way, my live stream producer, Ryan, can uh, sort of curate the, the, your questions easily, go through the uh, the chat and find those questions, and then he'll send those to me, and I'll ask Elena on your behalf. And, of course, the phone line's available to you as well at 416-360-0740 in the greater Toronto area, 416 360 0740 and toll free from just about anywhere 1-866-740-4740 1-866-740-4740 we were talking before the break Elena about uh, targeted individuals and how I guess I mean that was uh, we're talking about kind of very rudimentary almost um, unsophisticated forms of what we're seeing now. Uh, that was just kind of what, an, an early iteration of what they're doing to us all now? Yes. Uh, it's. Uh, I think it's just beginning in a way for all of us as the technology is uh, in place. Uh, I think the the lockdown was very helpful to this in that uh, they had plenty of time to put up uh, thousands and thousands of new towers around the world and to prepare them for 5G and 6G and maybe even in some nations 7G. Uh, but the all of this was to correlate with what was uh, having to do with uh, the, uh, uh, the oh, sorry, I was reading that. Um, it has to do with what is being done in the inoculations now. And um, if we don't see the big picture, uh, they're going to, it's kind of like a, a mass attack from many angles. You see what I mean? This is why I wrote the book, is when they use the term epigenetics, which is, you know, the, a very a very important part of the new genetics, and uh, uh, it, realize that 
epigenetics includes manipulation of the environment uh, and that uh, this can uh, impact us uh, in multiple ways. So uh, when I have at the beginning of my book the quote, the terrain is everything, the germ is nothing, and uh, by Claude Bernard of the 19th century. And what that, what that signifies is take another look at your environment and realize uh, how it's being exploited for control and, um, and really at least get that squared away so that you're not taken unawares. Because a lot of, I believe, a lot of medical um, <clears throat> diagnoses and treatments now that we have what is known as telemedicine uh, and precision medicine, uh, which is uh, meaning that there'll be you won't have to go into the clinic or the doctor's office or the hospital. They'll be doing things to you at home with the frequency of the drug that they want you to be taking, with the frequency of whatever treatment you're undergoing. Uh, and, and this is what digital biology means. So uh, that in itself is a little scary. Uh, at least, you know, I'm not a person who goes to doctors. I studied Chinese medicine for six years. I've used Chinese medicine my whole life since I was in my 20s. Uh, and I have not been to a doctor since I was 13 because I do not really trust the medical industry that's run by the American Medical Association uh, and Big Pharma. So um, if you do find yourself in those places, think of the environment. So say you're in a hospital and you have, uh, you know, maybe you have the flu and you're concerned it might be COVID-19 or whatever. And, and you're in the hospital. Well, you're in a 5G, 6G environment. And um, that is, uh, <laughs> that may be trouble in itself. Of course, no one will talk about it. Everyone will, will think you're paranoid if you even mention something like that. So I admit that the, uh, the situation is difficult. Uh, and what I'm recommending to people is that there are things you can do uh, to bring back the old medicine, you know, the, the home remedies, the low-tech a way of uh, of taking care of one's health, of becoming, of again becoming responsible for your health, and not uh, running to the doctors and uh, and for uh, a lot of drugs. Uh, this this has to be done. You have to cut that yoke that holds you, that binds you, to a five G, six G, high tech, smart hospital. Uh, and smart medicine. Uh, this this is one of the things you can do for yourself, and it's quite exciting, actually. A lot of people are doing it now. I've gone back to the old medicine that the AMA has has tried to stamp out for uh, 200 years. So um, that in itself is uh, is something to be concerned about. That's actually part two of the book is all on the smart hospital and the smart cities and right. how there how are. How else, besides the 5G and the 6G, how else have smart hospitals been armed? With all the high-tech, um, uh, uh, let me see if I can read a few of them, the high-tech uh, machines that you go in and you're going to need testing, right, because you've got a pain in somewhere. So you're going to be put under uh, one of the machines, and it's good to know what these machines really are. 
I mean, like uh, ECTs, uh, electronic brain stimulation, EBS, uh, deep brain stimulation, transcranial magnetic stimulation, trigeminal nerve stimulation, uh, the electroencephalogram, silent sound spread. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, the, the machines themselves are high-tech, and they're run by uh, 5G systems because the entire hospital is, is super uh, armed, uh, is the word I use, uh, with uh, high-tech uh, machines. And uh, I'm not sure what they have to do with human health. I think they're more about the, uh, the desire to uh, explore and, um, and experiment on people. But... Uh, Excuse me, we do have uh, some, um, you know, like what happened to all the protections for people to be able to give consent, for example. Uh, if it's just a procedure that is said to be normal, how many people have really gotten very ill in hospitals? And, uh, you know, are we, are we at all convinced that we're being told the truth about it? So to be careful of the armed, uh, the smart armed city and the smart armed hospital. I think it's just part of uh, a, a human protocol. And in a way, I'm kind of dividing everything into, okay, this, this is good for humans. I'm not sure about this over here. So you'd better really ha have your, you, you'd better be surveillant. You'd better have your perceptions highly attuned so that you can figure out if you are safe in these environments. That's what I'm saying. Uh I want to get back to something also you mentioned, and that is we've moved from molecular biology to digital biology. Uh, in other words, uh, we, we can now create and weaponize bacteria with computers. I mean, yes. can you talk to me a bit, a bit more about that? Yeah, I, I mean, I was, uh, when I was researching it, I was surprised to learn that, um, that there is a real uh, open door policy in a way in genetics now where uh, scientists or the scientifically minded at home can actually go to a catalog and order up a virus, order up a, a, a bacteria and um, go to town uh, on creating their own pathogen. Uh, you know, it's called the uh, gain of function uh, is, is sort of the uh, euphemism for arming, it appears. Uh, and, uh, and many people are doing this. And, and of course, that, that makes sense because you want to find those really bright guys and women out there who are doing things on their own, uh, and you know, and these people, you order from a catalog. But I'm sure that uh, that's being surveilled as to who bought that and where that person is and what they're doing with it, and and so it's a way of uh, of sort of a sort of a job market as well. But at the same time, think about how if you have the right electromagnetics, you can actually broadcast disease. Uh, uh, by frequency, or take look at it the other, just the inside-out way. Uh, you have put a disease into people with an inoculation, and it has gone dormant, and now it can be resurrected 
by calling out its frequency so that the symptoms of that disease, I think the latest one that they're hitting us with with uh, fear is smallpox, bringing that one back, uh, you can actually bring those symptoms back. Now, does that person really have that disease? Uh, it certainly um, can be unwrapped and will certainly cause pain and suffering. So for all intents and purposes, yes. But, you know, everyone should read Tom Cowan, uh, the doctor's book, uh, The Contagion Myth, to realize that, that there really is no, that virus and bacteria are not at all what we're told they are. There is no contagion that's going on. What will be going on now? with the inoculated at the very least, and, and you know, it's being called shedding. That's an animal term. I think it's an unfortunate term because what's really happening is those people are now completely plugged into 5G and 6G systems and they are broadcasting frequencies of disease. Yes, they are. All right, let's uh, go to the YouTube live chat and we've got some questions here. Thinker asks, what do you think the space fence is doing and why is half of it pointing out into space? Also, could we hack their frequencies and find a way to unbrainwash the masses? So let's deal with the space fence first. First of all, maybe go into some detail as to what it is, what it's right. for. Yeah, I mean, um, it sounds like that person uh, fortunately knows what the old space fence used to be. Uh, which was very much about sort of SETI, like, uh, you know, seeing what's going on in space and, and watching space. But that's not the way the space fence is now. The space fence is very, very many insulations, not just uh, a few in the southern United States and then uh, out in the Marshall Islands. Uh, it, it's, uh, I think of it as a sandwiching going on that, that above us in the uh, stratosphere and near Earth orbit, uh, as we have heard, and it's been very much admitted that around the equator right now, a, uh, a an ultra, uh, I, I, I can't remember what, uh, if it's EMF or what it is, but it, around the equator is a ring of... Um, of electromagnetism, and uh, it's sort of uh, that is the sandwiching from space, not counting the satellites, not counting all the thousands of satellites up there now for, especially for 5G, but this, just this ring around the planet, very Saturn looking, uh, is, is the top sandwich, the, say the, the piece of bread above us, and then on the Earth is are all of these installations, the radar installations, the ionospheric heaters, uh, the uh, NEXRADs, uh, the uh, 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 cell towers, the cell phones. I mean, everything broadcasting, everything electromagnetic, and and I'm putting something out and and receiving it uh, as well. All of that is the lower piece of bread in the sandwich. And we are all in between those two. And, and so now all they need to do is to keep the uh, atmosphere ionized. And that's the important part. That's what HARP led to. And, uh, and now it's, it, it requires 
to date anyway, it requires that they keep dumping all these particulates because you can't broadcast uh, through a vacuum uh, of air. You have to be able to uh, have something that it uh, that is mobilized, that is activated, uh, and um, and that would be the particulates. So so um, that's the space fence now, and I describe that in the second book. Uh, to uh, you know, a, a great degree to explain how it was built, and uh, advising me then was Billy Hayes, uh, the known as the Harp Man, because Billy was involved in building Harp. Uh, he has always been in electromagnetics, and um, so he really helped me to understand how you're going to plug everybody in through the space fence. All right, and then thinkers, the second half of the question was, could we hack their frequencies and find a way to unbrainwash the masses? Well, okay, so he's bringing up something that I did want to talk about anyway. It's not exactly, I think, what he has in mind, but let's let's go back to the nano uh, the nano consciousness that they have, a, a swarm consciousness. All right, so they have a swarm consciousness. They're in my body. I can feel them moving sometimes. Uh, and sometimes they, I get pinched uh, in, because what, what I didn't say is that you need to know is that uh, the objective is that these nano uh, building blocks, and that's what they are, the nano building blocks, these nanobots or nanoparticles or all of it, uh, are to replace our nervous system with something sort of a silicon system uh, and uh, replace our circulatory system uh, with a different kind of vessels that are uh, that are synthetic. The idea is to synthesize us, to make us synthetic, uh, machine-like, uh, and then we won't have to worry about the Van Allen belts on our way out of here sort of thing. So um, if, uh, if I can, is it, looking at my human consciousness, it is greater than that of the swarm consciousness. I have an individual consciousness that is a higher rung on the evolutionary ladder of consciousness. No question about it. Uh, so my thought is, can I, not hacking, uh, and if this person is a computer person, uh, then uh, they could actually go that way. But my thought is that to control the nanobots in me, uh, above and beyond those who are remote, who are attempting to control the re remote uh, the nanobots in me, that I my consciousness can direct them. My consciousness is greater than theirs. And so what I'm concentrating on right now as an experiment is I'm sort of playing getting to know you. I'm, I'm sort of uh, becoming aware of them. Uh, of the nanobots in my body and um, without any animosity or fear or just simply observing uh, their behavior, seeing what my diet has to do with it, uh, you know, whether my diet is acid or alkaline, uh, running a lot of experiments regarding uh, the balance of uh, what I know is in there and like you said earlier, Richard, invisible to me, but they do move. And I can feel that movement, uh, and I know what it is. So um, I, I think that there is a way to hack. I just don't know on what scale that question is thinking of. Right. I mean, very quickly, because we're just about to, into a break here, but do our T-cells recognize these nanobots? Do they fight them? 
I think that uh, the T cells are in dire straits now, at least for the inoculated, because the first thing that the uh, that the mRNA certainly does in coming into the body is to uh, to really wear away that immune system, whatever is left of it. I mean, I, I point out in the book over and over again that our immune system has been under assault for decades, decades. Not just with fluoride in the water, but that certainly is one of the players. And it's all, and to my mind, it's all intentional. It's all intentional to lead us to where you wear down the noblest and greatest defender of our bodies is the immune system and just wear it down. I even now think that the immune system, due to Rudolf Steiner's teachings, I think that the immune system is a very high order uh, protection, right? And, well, they're tr- uh, yeah, they're trying to. They're trying to. They're, they <laughs> are trying very ho- hard to memory hole the idea of natural immunity from a prior infection, something we've known about since the plague in Athens in 430 BC, and now all of a sudden uh, they're trying to tell us that uh, our, our immunity from a prior infection is 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 no good. Uh, we'll take a quick time out and come back with Ilana Freeland the author of Geoengineered Transhumanism and more of your questions and comments. Don't go away. Corporations, governments, and sometimes entire civilizations. What goes up must come down. And it lands on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To reach Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. All right, I have to share this with you uh, just before I get back to uh, Ilana Freeland, and I'm sure she's going to be very interested to hear this as well and will likely have a comment. Uh, My good friend Nelson Thal, media scientist who studied under Marshall McLuhan, just sent me this. Omicron, of course. The, uh, the Greek letter, Omicron, uh, now the, uh, the, uh, the new variant, we're being told. They've, they've named it Omicron. And apparently, Omicron is also the name of a 1964 comedic Italian sci-fi film in which an alien variant takes over the body of an earthling to learn about our weaknesses <laughs> so that his race can take over our planet. There you go. Omicron is actually the name of a sci-fi comedy from 1964 or 63, uh, written and directed by Hugo Gregoretti. It's an Italian-French co-production. It stars Renato Salvatore, Rosemary Dexter, Franco Luzzi, Gattiano Quattararo, uh, and so forth. There you go. Omicron. Uh that can't be a coincidence. Oh well, I just I just watched it today. I, oh, I, did you? I learned about it too, Richard, and it's really good. It's really good, and and and, and you know you have subtitles so in English. And I mean, then I, I just pro- wanted to say that the uh, also remember Omicron is is the uh, the anagram is moronic. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I mean talk about predictive programming. Uh, that's like yeah. fifty uh, eight years ago. Uh, that movie came out. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the YouTube live chat. And Not Gordian asks, um, 
are Russia or China doing anything geoengineering related that that should uh, concern the West? Well, I think uh, my own opinion is, and I—it's just my opinion—that um, the United States was uh, primary in this, despite the fact that the Russians originally, as everybody re- remembers, in the, at least some people remember, uh, uh, the Russians had the uh, the the um, what is the name of it? Uh, it's like a like a big magnet uh, that they can uh, hit. The United States with they they called it uh, oh woodpecker operation woodpecker yeah the woodpecker thanks yeah. my memory just suddenly was gone um, so despite that the United States has been number one I mean Raytheon Lockheed Martin and the CIA owned all the patents that had to do with HARP uh, and so um, it has been very much. That was very much successful. The Air Force has admitted it that we now control the ionosphere uh, from the U.S. From and NATO countries are part of that, but really it came from the U.S. But to defend themselves, certainly China and Russia would have uh, geoengineering. I know China is now geoengineering for agricultural purposes uh, and for weather. You know, bringing in the weather. Uh, as I've said many times, if people think that we have any natural weather, uh, we don't. Uh, it's all engineered now. Uh, and um, and so it's weaponized as well. It's used to do that. And uh, certainly, if I were running Russia or China, I would want to protect myself as well, because we saw what happened with Fukushima, and Fukushima was definitely a, uh, a weather assault. Uh, Let's see. Solar Warden asks, can you talk about any connection you're aware of with respect to Morgellons and glyphosates? Do you know much about what seems to be an engineered bioweapon in Lyme disease? Yes, I think uh, I think Lyme disease is completely uh, a biowarfare weapon. It was from again back there near Fort Detrick. Everything seems to spawn in Fort Detrick that becomes weaponized. Uh, Morgellons and Lyme have some some commonalities. I discuss them in the book. Uh, it's very interesting to me. Uh, but they are they are definitely separate uh, and separate weapons. Um, and uh, Morgellons is uh, is still around. I actually was on coast to coast the other night, and a woman called in who sounded like she had very severe Morgellons symptoms. Uh, but it can be controlled, and it can be uh, you can get better. But it takes uh, careful eating, and uh, and it takes uh, many lifestyle changes because Morgellons, like many of these pathogens that have been weaponized, loves uh, electromagnetism. So living in a Wi-Fi environment would be the worst of all. Living in a an Internet of Things environment with a smart meter on your home would be the worst as well. Uh, let's see. GBGN1 asks, does Ilana believe the technocrats are possibly controlled by a higher power from Earth or possibly interdimensional? You sort of alluded to this when you yeah. talk about, uh, you know, this vacuum, nature abhors a vacuum. Uh, yeah. and, and for these materialists in particular, can be vulnerable to some sort of, I don't know, uh, um, uh, oppression or possession. Yeah, possession, I would say. And, um, and certainly... 
Uh, I would add in now with that question uh, what CERN has done. CERN is up to no good. There's no question about it. And it is sort of the the way I call it, what I called it in the previous book is the Temple of CERN. And I do believe it is very much a um, some sort of religious uh, uh, stronghold for the global elite uh, due to its uh, latitude, longitude, uh, and um, the fact that, as Anthony Patch has said, it is... Uh, it was CERN was uh, placed uh, over the temple of Apollyon. Um, so you know this is all part of studying the global elite who are very much involved in what we call mythology, but for them is actually religion. Uh, and so uh, I think that many uh, through the D-wave computer, the adiab adiabatic—I don't know if I'm saying that word right—quantum uh, computer. We, uh, I think a lot of uh, entities are being called in. Certainly, Jordy Rose, the uh, chief operating officer or the chief technology officer of D-Wave uh, Computer, has said that they are calling the old ones back in. And I'm not quite sure what he means there, but it doesn't sound good. Uh, let's see. Mike Logue asks... Will ingesting colloidal silver short-circuit the nanobots? Well, I'd be interested in anyone's uh, experiments with that. I, I, for some reason, over the last 10 or so years, I've, I've been cautioned by people to uh, be careful of ingesting colloidal silver. I'm not sure what that comes from, but I certainly use it topically. If, if at all, I have a rash. Uh, I, I will spray colloidal silver on it. Um, so I, I, I would be very interested. We're, many of us are experimenting now, um, and I always recommend Tony Pantaloresco. Tony is a, a Canadian herbalist, and um, he is uh, intrepid in experimenting with various things. He's experimenting with mag magnetics as well, which has quite a success rate of uh, the nanotechnology, by the way, because, of course, the nanotechnology is primarily supported by the nanometals that we have breathed in from what the chemical trails are dropping on us. So that makes sense that the magnetic, would they have some, uh, be able to pull out uh, the graphene oxide? That's another interesting question because graphene is certainly has to do with magnetism and it is highly conductive. So um, we're, we're, we're very excited about uh, all this experimentation, but it's all low tech, you understand. It's not not anything that we're going to go and try to get a patent on <laughs> since the patent office is completely controlled. Well, speaking of patents, you mentioned one in the in the book that, that sort of caught your attention, a patent for the development of inorganic life forms. Yes, inorganic life forms. That's true. And I think that in a way, um, I'd be interested if anyone isolates this hydra uh, what is it called? Hydra vulgaris that has been found in the serum of one of the vaccines. Yeah, um, they, they have like tentacles. They look like they have tentacles. Yeah. Yeah, I would be interested in further work on that uh, if uh, someone does it, it to see if it's synthetic or not. Because I know they're making um, 
sort of hybrids. It's like their vision of us in human 2.0, I would assume. We will be hybrids. We would be hybrids. We would be partially synthetic and a, a silicon model and partially human, a carbon model. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I would imagine that, uh, that there is, uh, there, there are many, there are, are many inorganic, uh, species that, uh, will be injected over time into people who are receiving so-called boosters or whatever, they, or whatever they call them. All right. Um, we have – oh, I guess we better head into a break here, and uh, we'll get to some more live chat comments and uh, hopefully some phone calls. 416-360-0740 in the greater Toronto area. 416-360-0740. Toll-free from just about anywhere. one 740 Back to more of my conversation with Elana Freeland, author of Geoengineer. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, JK5720 asks, Ilana, if biotech can manipulate us through geoengineering, could they not just vaccinate everyone on the planet without their knowing it? That's a good question. Yeah, I think that they're... uh they're talking about, as you know, uh, various plants that will be producing vaccines. And I don't know how, um, how surreptitious that will be. Will it be that you go to buy lettuce in the organic section of your supermarket and it's actually been treated in such a way that you will be eating the vaccine? I, I, I would assume, given who these people are, that their their means will be subtle indeed, uh, and it uh, won't necessarily entail a needle. Um, Mike Z or Mike Z uh, asks, uh, "How do you uh, think we can be the victors in this global takeover? How will we win this battle?" Ah, me. Well, I don't know how long it's going to run. I feel thrilled that I have been able to live long enough that I can fight uh, for as long as I will fight. I don't think it'll be easy because, um, I mean, I've been uh, basically an activist and a researcher uh, studying many, many of the things that have torn this this culture down in America and, and in the world. Uh, uh, for a long time. And um, what I see is that people are too uh, addicted to their comforts and uh, their conveniences. And we had, we've had opportunities years ago where we could have done something, but no one would do it. It's somehow that things have to get really bad before people who claim to love freedom will uh, will really uh, start to do something. And I think we're seeing quite a bit of uh, awakening now, now that we have the lockdown and, and um, I don't know how many millions are being uh, vaxxed. Uh, but it's unfortunate that we have to get go that far. So with that in mind, you understand that if the powers that be wanted to create a um, another uh, happenstance to put us to sleep, 
for another five or ten years. They could easily do that because they have the resources to do that, and most people are just not subtle enough to realize they're being manipulated. Uh, I, I guess another way of asking that question, and it's something that you, you conclude your book with, uh, a chapter called Remaining Human. Can mm-hmm. we remain human? Well, that certainly is um, primary to my mind. And so what I do in that chapter, and it's only 20 pages, it's a concluding, it's a conclusion uh, looking forward. Uh, it, to me, if you can realize what a human being really is, if you think a human being is like the CIA thinks, just wetware, as they call us, uh, you know, hardware, software, wetware, um, then uh, you probably can't hear what I'm saying. But for me, as a student of Rudolf Steiner, long term, uh, I uh, I see us as a divine being living in a uh, a a material body, as Madonna used to sing, and um, we are having a material experience here and attempting to develop free will under circumstances that we have not been prepared for, really. we They come at us, and we have to figure out what our morality in that moment is going to be, what we're going to do, how we're going to proceed. Uh, how we're going to proceed for our children and grandchildren. These are these are big decisions, and and we we have to come to terms with them, with our free will instead of having a master of tyranny over us, whether that master is a uh, a technocrat or uh, or a real tyrant. Uh, so uh, to me, that's. Uh, that's the first thing that we have to do is really come to terms with what being human is and then uh, decide whether we are willing to stand and fight for it. Uh, we have a few minutes here before the, the, the last break, but uh, you've mentioned Rudolf Steiner a number of times, this Austri- Austrian um, philosopher and, and esotericist. Um, can you maybe expand on, on who he was a little bit and why uh, why he's so important to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he actually was a scientist. He he was he was a like a PhD physicist is what his university training was. But he has become known for his esoterics and um, and his uh, his capabilities that are uh, spiritual to see into the future and. Uh, and to uh, he started the Waldorf movement. He started biodynamic farming. He started uh, oh, I mean, just it's it's endless. Um, and for me, I was a teacher when I encountered him, or or I knew I would be a teacher, and I recognized that that he would uh, be able to that his what he had come up with regarding children and young people. Uh, would definitely make me even a better teacher. So that's how I got involved with him. And I wasn't that interested in the esoterics at first. Uh, But then I began to see what happened in the classroom and the amazing healings that happened with children that had very big problems in learning. And so then I began to pay attention to everything else that he had brought. And that's that's what 40 40 years ago. Um, So for me, he's uh, he's like a trail guide, maybe. A trailblazer and a trail guide. 
uh, his his ability to, I think he gave 6,000 lectures in his life, and uh, he was uh, actually murdered uh, early. He should not. He should have lived longer. Uh, and he was a an intrepid fighter for humanity. He said he's the one who told me <laughs> through his book that uh, that humanity is the religion of the gods. And what he meant by that was that we are a little lower than the angels, uh, and it, that the free will um, experiment that we are, we humans are. Uh, is admired throughout the uh, the various levels of the spiritual world. Uh, and you know that people in America have been taken by storm by materialism is unfortunate because then you have very few resources where whereas um, those who have an inner life and are in touch with spiritual uh, climates, uh, places, uh, beings, I don't know what they are, but I can tell that I have... Uh, I have some real help, some real help uh, at my back uh, for doing the work I do. All right. We'll take one final time out, come back, and uh, finish up with Elena Freeland, the author of Engineered, Geoengineered Transhumanism, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Big Brother is listening, and so are you, to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. The uh, third book in the trilogy, Geoengineered Transhumanism, How the Environment Has Been Weaponized by Chemicals, Electromagnetism, and Nanotechnology for Synthetic Biology, um, was this designed as, as, a, as a trilogy? Is this the last chapter, as it were, Elana? Well, this uh, I, I didn't really design it. I'm kind of cheating there, but, um, but it certainly uh, is the closure of everything I have to contribute to what geoengineering really is. I'm really fed up with the lies that are promulgated in the corporate media regarding what geoengineering is and isn't. It's much, much bigger. Uh, and, you know, it, I mean, Clifford Carnicum a long time ago said that it would it had seven operations, weather engineering, chemical electromagnetic, planetary geophysical, directed energy weapons, surveillance and neural operations, in other words, mind control, uh, digital biology, nanotech, transhumanism, and then cloaking and obscuration of exotic propulsion craft in the clouds. Uh, these are all going on. This is a huge, huge program subject to and in service to the secret space program. So to me, um, this is my last, uh, the last book I'm going to write because I have reached my my expertise level and it's time for those who are trained in plasma physics and uh and other physics to come forward and uh, and speak uh out of the national security classification uh, uh, uh threat uh and uh have courage because people need to know that this uh, this program is tremendously powerful and in in every aspect of our lives, at least involved in every aspect of the technology that's overtaking us. 
Uh, you just mentioned something there that, uh, well, everything you've said tonight has pricked up my ears, but something you just mentioned, and that was about propulsion systems and crafts in the clouds. Uh, mm-hmm. are, are, you, is, are you saying that there is a connection between uh, the UAPs, as they now call UFOs, mm-hmm. um, and everything else you've been talking about tonight? Oh, I'm sure of it. Uh-huh. And, and what I'm saying is that there are, uh, all the way from uh, craft that are like the TR-3B or uh, XB-37, which are uh, actual ships that we have created that, are, that have uh, a very exotic propulsion system, and, uh, and a, uh, another type of uh, entity that often hides in the clouds as well, because this uh, cirrus cloud cover, this is you know these are not these are not the old clouds at all. These are plasma clouds. These are created uh, with chemicals and electromagnetism. So um, they they hide in it. And they're the one that I was thinking of that is a uh, actually that term you brought up a uh, an inorganic life form uh maybe uh these plasma forms that Wilhelm Reich was finding when he was looking up there with his infrared camera and uh and Trevor Constable was also finding in the desert where the air is nice and dry and you can see into the infrared so um these 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 are ships uh, of some sort or 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 inorganic life forms uh, that are often in the clouds. And uh, there, there's a site called What is in Our Skies, uh, which very much uh, goes into this. So, uh, yeah, that's the seventh operation that Clifford talked about. And it, is that the then explanation for UAPs in your mind, that these are basically uh, created here on Earth by... You know the elites, the technocrats, uh, and that their purpose is again to further this in, this this agenda of geoengineered transhumanism. In other words, we're not talking about ETs here. We're talking about no, no. I and and I don't do ETs. I have already said that that I certainly posit the existence of entities. I think uh, it, you know when you look at the electromagnetic spectrum and you see this very minor, thin, thin, thin. Uh, domain of our perception compared to how vast the entire spectrum is all the way from gamma rays to radio waves, uh, you know we're not seeing much. And I would assume that there are many, many entities here on the earth uh, that we have been veiled from uh, seeing so that we can sort of work on our, our human domain uh, problem of free will. Uh, that's my assumption. Um, but I I know that um, when people talk about ships from Alpha Centauri or somewhere else, I pretty much lose interest because not because I think they might not exist. Maybe they do. I but they're not my domain. That's not. I'm here to defend humanity, and anything that that uh, broaches upon. Earth existence, and I believe that these uh, these elect- these exotic propulsion craft uh, that are certainly plasma ships. I even encountered one myself, so I know they exist. Uh, they are they are plasma, and plasma is the fourth state of matter. But in a way, plasma is it is matter, but it's sort of diaphanous. It's sort of ethereal looking, so you don't think of it as matter, but it is matter. Uh, and uh, these are all Earth beings. 
uh, I don't have to import anything off from off planet. Uh, I, I missed the the uh, this comment went by in the live chat, and so I don't know who asked this question, but I just remembered it, and it's a good one. And it, it, uh, you you mentioned uh, the Van Allen belts and how we are part of this agenda is preparing us to be a a space faring society uh, or civilization, mm-hmm. and uh, we need to be synthesized and in, in, in order to be able to survive the Van Allen belts. Uh, so the question then had to do with, well, does that then suggest you don't believe we went to the moon because we weren't able to survive the Van Allen belts? Well, we certainly didn't go to the moon in rockets. Now, as to whether we went in, in a more exotic craft that we inherited from the paperclip Nazis when we brought them over and basically gave them carte blanche in America, uh, I don't know. That's possible. But getting through the Van Allen belts... Uh, we even created one of those Van Allen belts, if you recall, with our stupid uh, practice of of uh, exploding a- atomic bombs back in the fifties. So um, I I don't know, but no, I haven't I, I haven't thought we went to the moon uh, in the in the way they said that we went to the moon. The uh, the ionizing of the the atmosphere uh, that I'm, I'm guessing needs to be. To be constant and uninterrupted. If we were to shut down HARP and all, I don't know how many similar arrays there are now around the world. Would yeah. that put an en- would that put an end to this? Well, <laughs> it's sort of a fantasy of mine of like, well, I'd really like to see where we're at if that happened. Instead of just destroying a cell tower here and there, if we did something really spectacular like shut down HARP or or the particularly in the northern hemisphere, like the one in, in Norway, there are some really big ones in Norway. Uh, recently, the Arecibo one collapsed. And I don't know what's happened with that. I haven't really followed up on that. So, yeah, uh, that would be a great start to just just get rid of. Uh, okay, I'd, I'd also throw in CERN. <laughs> yeah, that's my Christmas list you're talking about, Richard. All right, fantastic. How do we get a copy of Geoengineered Transhumanism? Well, there's two ways. Uh, the first way is the black and white edition. I couldn't offer a color edition for a price that everyone could afford. So that's the one that's up at Amazon, and it's also uh, through various book dealers. But there is a book dealer in Seattle called the Rudolf Steiner Bookstore that is offering the color edition. And uh, he's doing all the mailing and everything. So you order through that. And you can remember that easily. It's the Rudolf Steiner Bookstore, Seattle, Washington. And uh, that's how you would get a color edition. Fantastic. Well, Ilana, thank you so much for hanging out for two hours. It's been too long. My fault entirely. You are a treasure. You are a treasure. Well, thank you. I, I always enjoy you, Richard. Well, let's. We won't leave it uh, so long next time. So we'll uh, we'll chat again. <laughs> All right, Ilana, Ilana Freeland. Bye bye. All right, that's it. Uh, my thanks to Ryan and Carlos. Back next week with another live show. Not sure what we're going to do yet, but uh, I can tell you it'll be good. It'll be good. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.